Inspired by a pastime for washed-up celebrities, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The hot-rotting podcast that proves there's no replacement for displacement. He takes a half hour to cook minute rice, it's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining another exciting episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. I am so happy to have you with us today, and I'm happy to be here myself. It's always a good day when I can drag my my bony body to the microphone and uh, do a little pontification. And it's always a good day for me when I hear the voice of my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, introducing another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. He didn't tell you this, but I'm going to do it. Uh, we are here to help you feel comfortable about the impending transition you're going to make at some point in the future, or maybe you've already done it, uh, from Obamacare to Medicare. Uh, Obamacare is often expensive, often, uh, especially if you're an individual policyholder, often has big deductibles to keep the cost of the product down. And when you transition into Medicare, you're going to find that the coverage is stronger, the cost is lesser for the most part, and uh, you will be in a whole new world of medical insurance that's a lot more benign, a lot more user-friendly. And uh, the reason I know this is because I've been reading a cool book lately. The book is entitled Medicare for the Lazy Man, Simplest and Easiest Guide Ever. And I have uh, actually been, I was the one who wrote the book, but I've got short-term memory problems, so occasionally I like to reread it to make sure that what I've written is still appropriate and accurate. And the 2022 edition is out at Amazon.com, and it's out at BarnesandNoble.com. You may not want to give Jeff Bezos any more money, so you might want to go buy the paperback book at BarnesandNoble.com. But if you go to Amazon, you're going to have the opportunity to buy not just the paperback, but also the hardcover, the uh, Kindle ebook version, or the Audible book, and you can just listen to it. It's so much easier with the Audible version because I do all the work for you. My eyeballs move from one side to the other and back again, and my fingers turn the pages for you. So all you have to do is lay there and absorb. So that's the Audible version, and I think that's pretty reasonably priced. They don't let me have anything to do with the pricing of the Audible version, and I have very little to do with the pricing of anything else except to force them to sell it at the cheapest possible price so that you are getting knowledge about Medicare. And frankly, when you finish that book, you're going to know more about Medicare than almost anybody else on your block. You remember when you were the first kid to get a like a Dunkin' Yo-Yo or uh, you know any number of other fun things that came along? Well, here's Medicare understanding and knowledge delivered right to your door for a very reasonable price, and it's going to put you in charge of your own future. So anyway, at this point in the Medicare 
for the Lazy Man podcast, I often ask Randy to play our 30-second radio spot. Why is that? I'm trying to amortize the huge cost of that spot over many, many years of podcasting. So I'm going to keep at it until either I get senile and forget to ask him or until he gets senile and forgets to play it. So I'm going to shut up now and see what happens. Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Oh, there it is again. Thank you so much, Randy. I appreciate that. Randy's sitting there staring at me going, why do you make me play this thing all the time? <laughs> and, and so I'm going to try to distract him by by rattling little shiny beads and seeing if he can uh, look uh, put look his mind shiny. on the business at hand. Turn your mic on. You're, you're laughing silently. Oh dear! You can't oh, hear me. No, it's my it's my headphone cord. I keep telling myself I'm going to get a new headphone cord, and of course I forget every day. So I can okay. hear you fine. So you can help me. Okay. So we are. Uh, good morning, Doug. I'm glad good, to see your good bright, morning, Randy. bright and sh- bright and shiny face. You know, we we were talking about some things before we started recording in the studio, and we we get off on some tangents, but. Uh, the thing I wanted to ask you today is, do you like playing Stump the Insurance Expert? I like it, but I don't want to admit that to anybody because it's <laughs> it's always embarrassing and painful. So, yes, let's well, continue playing, but don't don't ever think for a moment that I enjoy being embarrassed by my lack of knowledge. So, so here we go. I have got some questions to Stump Doug Jones, the, insur- the local insurance expert that I'm sure... He's not going to know some of them, but I'm always surprised because Doug is such a well-read individual. You just never know what he's got stored away in his memory indexes. Well, getting stumped isn't as much fun as it sounds like it's going to be. So <laughs> let's get on with it. Let's get on. All with right. It. All right. Buckle your seatbelt because here we go. So today is Thursday, August the 18th of 2022, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they say. Guess what happened on this day in 1587? Uh, 1587. I'm guessing that's when Elizabeth I ascended to the British throne. <clears throat> does it have something to do with her family? Nope. Okay. It, does it have something to do with Guinness? Nope. All right. I give up. I am stumped. I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. Happened in Roanoke Island. Oh, oh, the first landing of Englishmen in uh, in the New World. Well, kind of. Ja- Jamestown, Jamestown, Virginia. Um, oh, yeah, no, no. It's yeah. when the Roanoke uh, uh, colony, the colony on Roanoke was yeah, discovered to yeah. have been disappeared. Yeah. Well, in particular, on this day, something very notable happened. Virginia the Dare? Fir- Virginia Dare was born on this day in 1587. She was the first child of English parents to be born in present-day America on okay, what now, is now Roanoke Island. All right. Was was Roanoke the uh, colony that disappeared when they came back from yep. England with more supply? So yep. what happened to Virginia Dare? Would, did she disappear also? or 
Well, I don't know, but I believe that would be true because no, really no evidence of any sort has ever been found about what happened to that uh, what happened to that colony but right so i'm assuming that virginia dare disappeared with it but i think that's an interesting piece of information that she was the first child yeah, born in what would what would become present day america absolutely and uh, the the disappearance of that colony doesn't necessarily imply that they were all massacred by indians i don't think i think there are strong theories that they were they moved for some reason, and were just never right. located. When the ship came back from England with more supplies, I don't think I think they were just gone. And the assumption was made that they were massacred, but it may not have been that way. Well, there was another. Uh, I probably should mention, Doug. There was another idea that possibly could have happened to them. They they got really tired of being called up asking if their car warranty was expired <laughs> well of course and uh i'm sure that that would cause somebody to pack up move change their name and go live with another race or a tribe of people and uh yep. just to hide from yeah okay yep. do you have any more stump the insurance i do, I okay. do. Now, now this this is a uh, moving forward in time quite a bit you know about 300 years actually um uh, in this so well this year on this date 1894 on this date what did congress establish mm, boy ah uh, oh was it when congress officially recognized the time zones mm, no okay well but you hesitated there so i'm close i'm sneaking around it what is it Co congress established the bureau of immigration in 1894 oh, okay. Oh, okay. And then, and then certainly something of a little more interest to you and I, something happened on this day in 1969 in Bethel, New York. Oh, that would be Woodstock. Yeah. It was the last day. The Basically, the uh, music art fair, Woodstock music yeah. and art fair in Bethel, yeah. Bethel, New York, wound to a close after three days with a mid-morning set by... Who? Oh, boy. Mid-morning set by, oh God, you know, I can name most of the uh, people that played there, but I can't tell you who played on the last day. So you're going to have to tell me that one. Famous guy. Okay, love, Jimmy. Love Was it Jimmy? Jimmy Hendrix. Okay, there you go. That that guy, there's only about three, three or four people like that in a generation born. Yeah. The guy, he was, he was it. The guy was absolutely astoundingly talented. Absolutely. Well, uh, the other thing about Woodstock is I did not know it was going on. I was uh, the, the right age to enjoy it. And I would have enjoyed it had I known it was happening, but I didn't know it was happening. I worked for a printing company. We printed local newspapers and stuff like that. And um, we were given, we were owned by Time Life corporation so every uh, week we were given a free copy of time magazine sports illustrated and life magazine and when i was handed the life magazine i assume about this time uh in the uh, in 1969 uh i thumbed through it and sitting there was a two-page spread of all of these wet kids watching the stage sitting in the mud on muddy blankets and so <laughs> forth and right in yeah. the middle of that line was a guy that i went to college with and no his kidding name, oh his my name god was, his name was doug 
I can't remember where he was from, or I can't remember much about him, but that guy, his face stared out at me from that row of wet, uh, you know, <laughs> dirty kids. And, uh, he looked like he was the happiest guy in the world. And so, yeah. uh, I never knew about Woodstock happening until it was actually going on. That's too bad because, you know, your age and my age, we, we could have all been there. It, it's a, it's an incredible thing of history. And just, yep. you know, talking about Jimi Hendrix, you know, the other thing, uh, other artists that popped into my head uh-huh. that is that is in my world, that type of an artist. Sure. Carlos Santana. Oh, yeah. I, you know, frankly, you probably have a wider appreciation than I do, wider musical taste. I like the few that were uh, hits. But he he does a lot of experimentation, a lot of jazz, a lot of some kind of fusion music that I don't get. But uh, he had a few songs that I really did enjoy. So I I would put him on the list of people that I certainly respect and and uh, would not mind listening to. Yep. And there's one other that's really close to my heart, near and dear, because I'm a trumpet player. Oh boy. Doc Severinsen. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Al Hurt. <laughs> well, Al Hurt too, but Doc Severinsen, he is the top of the mountain when it comes uh, to trumpet players. Okay, and he's still well, alive. He's still alive and he's still playing. Yeah, I'm going to drag the conversation back to Woodstock. In Illinois, the next year, in the summer of 1970, we had our own mini Woodstock downstate, uh, and it was called Kickapoo Creek. And it was a Kickapoo Creek Arts Festival, and they found a farmer willing to let his uh, land be used for that purpose. And it was a, instead of 300,000 people, I think there were 50 or 60,000 kids from all over the Midwest. And I went there with my friends. I found out because my friends had bought tickets and everything. And uh, we, one of us had two big, giant military parachutes. And so the early contingent, the guys in our circle of friends that didn't really have jobs, nine to five jobs, uh, went down early and staked out our place on the top of the hill uh, underneath a, an oak tree. And uh, they hung the, the canopies from the oak tree. So we basically had the world's, it was like a circus tent almost. And these guys. Oh, wow. It turned out that it rained. It had everything Woodstock had. It had a baby being born, uh, and somebody uh, had an accident. I don't know if they died or not, but uh, probably several kid, conceived too. Well, they were uh, there were. I'm <laughs> sure there was a population explosion uh, <laughs> nine months later, but uh, it was exactly like Woodstock. It rained uh, early on, and so we sat in that uh, big tent that was created from our parachute canopies. and sat in a big circle and ingesting illegal substances and and uh, talking. Just you know. It was a lot of fun. It was a great time. And uh, some guy wrote a book about it. I have a copy of the book. And uh, it's called, uh, well, it, he wrote the book about the Woodstock experience that we had at Kickapoo Creek. And then he also wrote uh, in the same book, he described a concert being held in, um, uh, God, was it Kansas? Uh, Missouri, Sedalia, Missouri had uh, yeah, the same yeah. summer had a big uh, event like that too. And uh, he described the similarities and the differences between them. Well, I was interested in that also because my cousins lived in Sedalia, Missouri. And uh, so there was just a, a lot of, uh, God, I wish I could remember this. I've got the book up on a shelf somewhere and I can't find it right now, but anyway, it was um, quite an experience to be a youth in the sixties 
enjoying our culture. Actually, that was 1970, I believe, Kickapoo Creek uh, uh, Music Festival was. So we have goofed well, around. Well, you know, we have, we, have, uh, we have used up a little bit of our time. We've, we've got quite a bit left, though. I we've think got the clock, five minutes. The clock moves <laughs> a lot faster when we're yakking, and we should cut well, this out. I I can't do that totally, but I'm going to introduce what we're going to talk about today. And I, right. I, thought, I thought it was very important since you attended Kickapoo Creek. Yes, I did. That that there was no vaccination discrimination going on. There wasn't then, but there has been lately. And of course, it's been a source of some consternation, uh, considering the fact that the vaccines turn out to be pretty much worthless and in fact have caused uh, damage to some people. Uh, I don't know if the vaccines are completely worthless or not, but there are people who say that they have gone unvaccinated and and they've uh, survived very nicely. I had the two uh, Moderna injections early in 2021, and it was um, I I had the fog for a little while, and and then everything was fine, and I never got any uh, sort of um, uh, COVID virus until earlier this year and i told you about that in a recent episode about uh, going to the emergency room and uh, that was a fun day for me anyway i have a an article here that indicates that things are changing but nobody is going to admit that they've made a mistake the cdc quietly drops vaccine status discrimination finally admits their vaccines do not prevent anyone from getting or spreading the virus. And this is an article uh, published about a week ago by a Jim Hoft. The CDC released quietly, released new guidelines on COVID vaccine, uh, vaccination status this week. In a news briefing, uh, Greta Massetti, chief of CDC's field epidemiology and prevention branch, said the current condition of this pandemic is extremely different from those of the prior two years. So they're saying that the the uh, disease has changed, not that they should have known better when they advised people to wear masks everywhere for the rest of their lives and when they advised uh, private businesses to shut down and when they tried to restrict society from uh, normal levels of freedom. Those People have burned every bit of credibility they ever had, in my view, but I'll read on. High levels of population immunity uh, due to vaccination, and then that word is, is actually struck out on my printed copy of the uh, article. I don't know why. And previous infection. People have uh, heard immunity because of previous infection. And the many available tools to prevent general population, protect people at higher risk, allow us to focus on protecting people from serious illness from COVID-19. For over a year now, CDC, blah, 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 Fauci, Democrats, and who demanded American population from primary school age children to senior citizens be vaccinated. For over a year, the Democrats, Fauci, the CDC have been demanding that everybody get vaccinated. Well, it turns out that they were wrong. Um, in fact, there are some footnotes here. Tens of thousands of Americans in both the public and private sectors lost their employment and household income for defying government demands and regulations. Over 
30,000 people were reportedly killed by the COVID vaccines, according to a website, and I'll give you the URL. It's HTTPS colon slash slash open, that's O-P-E-N, V as in Victor, A-E-R-S dot com slash COVID dash data. And over 170,000 hospitalizations have been blamed on the vaccine. On Thursday, the CDC finally admitted that there is no logical reason to treat vaccinated people differently than unvaccinated people when both can readily get and spread the COVID vac- uh, virus. So the CDC's COVID-19 prevention recommendations no longer differentiate based on a person's vaccination status because breakthrough infections occur, although they're generally mild. And persons who have had COVID-19 but are not vaccinated have some degree of protection against severe illness from their previous infection. Earlier this year, the CDC revealed that unvaccinated people who recovered from COVID-19 were better better protected than those who were vaccinated and not infected. And this occurred during the recent Delta surge, they say. The researchers evaluated the data from 1.1 million COVID-19 cases among adults in California and New York, which accounts for 18% of the U.S. population. And the study was divided into four groups, blah, blah, blah. When looking at the summer and fall of 2021, that's about a year ago, when Delta became predominant in this country. However, surviving a previous infection now provided greater protection. So the study confirms something we've known for a long time, that natural immunity acquired through previous infection is more potent than experimental vaccines. So that is, um, I think, a fairly telling um, indictment of the CDC and especially of Fauci and his uh, oh, his uh, little emperor uh, stance of everybody shall do what the government says to do and we're all going to die if we don't. And then I ran across an article this morning. I don't know how related these two are, but the CDC chief lays out agency reset in the wake of pandemic missteps. So I believe that heads are starting to roll in the CDC, and I applaud that. It is not a good idea to allow this sort of uh, treatment of freedom-loving Americans, uh, the people driven out of their jobs and harassed into bankruptcy, uh, the government agency that did that should be held accountable. And I'm hoping that what they're doing is they're restructuring themselves in such a way as to recognize uh, the priorities that a free society holds dearly in uh, high regard and uh, to uh, stop people, little Hitlers like Fauci, from uh, trying to destroy what we have built here. So that's my opinion piece. And frankly, I had to shove that into the shortest possible time that we've ever had in order to maintain the total length that we're trying to strive for and not keep people away from their other activities for the day. So what do you say, Randy? Well, well, you're right. We, 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 we judge act a little bit more than normal, but you know, we have to have some fun. Okay, that's, uh, you know, talk to my wife and you'll get a different opinion, but what the heck. (laughs) Well, anyway, before we sign off today, I I desperately want to thank everyone for joining us. You could have been anywhere else doing anything else, but you weren't. You were here with uh, Doug Jones and the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast, which 
I thoroughly enjoy because Doug and I, we, we get up on a, on a lot of tangents and Doug's so well read that you'd just be surprised what's going to pop out of his head one of, the, one of these days. But anyway, before we sign off, I need to send you to your, uh, your email client and I need you to send some mail to Doug, dbj at mlmmailbag.com. I need you to go to Amazon. As I said last week, you know, we're getting closer and closer to the holidays. And I don't know, I, ha I haven't really approved this with Doug, but I was thinking about talking to Doug and seeing if we could have another sale one of these days, similar to what we've done in the past. You've, engineered, I, I, you've engineered every sale we've had in the past. They've all gone spectacularly. So you've got a free yeah. hand. You'd and so I'm thinking that we might want to do one like we had done earlier in the year, get three books, pay for three. What do you think? I like that. So go to Amazon, order yourself up the 2022 version. It's It's got the green numbers on it. Get yourself an audio. You can go to sleep listening to Doug read it to you. And it will definitely, in a very short period, at least in my case, put me to sleep. But <laughs> wow, having, I don't know having that's not the kind of endorsement I was hoping for. But and, but anyway, or a Kindle, you can read it. You can do anything you want to with it. But ultimately, get the book because it will be the best money you ever spent. I can guarantee it. Everybody keeps telling us that, and it is the absolute straight shot from Doug Jones. The uh, the, the expert. He's really the expert. No kidding about that. He's a straight shooter and he's been doing this for, I don't know, a couple, three years, more like what, 35 or 40. Oh, let's make it 45. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know where in the world he, uh, well, I spent a lot of the, years. I spent a lot of the time picking my nose and, you know, it's gazing oh. out the window. So I'm not exactly the best that there is, but I think I have a fairly good handle on how to simplify complex stuff. Yeah, you really do. And if I can understand it to a certain level, then you've done an awesome job. But anyway, thank you all for joining us. You have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma, now residing in his fort high altitude Fortress of Solitude, up in the mountains behind Cave Creek, Arizona, watching over you as you sleep to make sure nothing happens bad. Ultimately, I have come up with another term for him that I think will stick in your head equally as well. He Think of him as your Medicare wingman, Doug Jones. Bye-bye.